me. Pastor, I've met a lot of preachers in the last uh, 10 or so years that I have, the Lord has blessed me to travel throughout Texas and Oklahoma, some in Alabama and Arkansas, and sometimes we just meet another preacher. But when I met your pastor, certainly felt the presence and power of the Almighty God certainly was with him. It was just a bond that nobody can put together but the Lord. So I ask that you continue to pray for me as he said that I, the Lord taught me early on this journey that I can't preach without power from on high. And I had to be taught that. And every now and then he has to teach me that lesson again. We have to learn over and over again. Say so many times that my greatest joy in the world is not in any sermon that I have preached, but in the saints that the Lord has blessed me to meet, and the fellowship that we have been blessed to enjoy. My man has been going in all directions this afternoon, thought I had settled on something, but uh, Brother Steve asked a question when I was out in California. He didn't ask it of me, but it's been on my mind every since. And I want to call your attention, those of you that have your Bibles, to the book of Revelation. 21st chapter of the book of Revelation. I had a former pastor that baptized me and ordained me he used to say that when a preacher take a text in Revelation he's either a fool or the Lord led him there. Sometimes during the course of the night that we'll both know which one I am. But I want to call your attention to the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation and the ninth verse. It said, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues. Talk with me, saying, Come up hither. I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. That bride being the church, we find that John was, or the angel was telling John to come see the church. There are many today in our world that claim to be the church of Christ. Some of them even have that name, Church of Christ. 
But I tell you, when they look at her, it doesn't look like Church of Christ. It doesn't look like Christ said that his bride looked. Now, if some of you would describe, I met some of you, and you would describe your spouse to me and tell me that he was six feet tall and weighed 200 pounds. And then I saw a man, 5'4", weighing 130. I know that was not your spouse. The Lord has told us what his Brad looks like. There's one thing I, I tell people, there are a lot of things I don't know, but I know who my wife is. Christ knows his breath. And yet we find that there are many imitations of the church in the world. And in this book of Revelation, beginning at the 12th, chapter of Revelations, we find that the devil being cast out of heaven. And I'm not going to get into where heaven is. I'm just going to leave it where the scriptures let. And the first thing we find that he did that John said there appeared a great wonder in heaven. And I'm going to skip about in Revelation. I can't uh, cover all of it, but I hope that you'll have something to read when we leave here. John said there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. She being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. There appeared another one in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns on his head. And I'm not going to read all that, but uh, this woman that appeared was no more than the house of Israel. That I, I see uh, too many times that she, for lack of a better phrase, that Israel was pregnant with the seed of Abraham, which was Christ. And Satan was waiting there until this child was born in order to destroy the child. But God helped this woman and she was taken up to heaven. And so, and there was a war in heaven and Satan was cast out. And we find in the 10th verse that John said, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, come that, Now has come salvation and strength kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the test word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto death. And then John tells us to rejoice ye heaven, but war unto the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil is come down to you. And then we find in the last verse that the uh, uh, that he couldn't uh, get to the woman, then he made war with the seed, the remnant of her seed. And so Satan is an imitator. And you find in the book of Revelation that 
there is a contrast between the imitation and the real thing. The contrast between the 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 imitation of the church and the real church. John saw, and what Satan did, he, he's an imitator. And and we found what he did was he was cast out in the earth and he set up his kingdom down here in the world to imitate God's kingdom. Uh, Paul talked about that in the book of Second Thessalonians, that that day would not come until there be a great falling away and that man of sin be revealed. And he talked about how that 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 uh, men would be deceived uh, by by him coming and and working wonders uh, and deceiving those and and that receive not the love of the truth. And so here we find that Satan. Uh, uh, next thing John saw was uh, was was uh, he stood up on the sand of the sea and saw this beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, which was Satan. He come down, and so he began to set up his kingdom down here in the world to imitate God's kingdom. And now watch what he what happened here. In the third verse, he said, "I saw one of his heads as it was wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed." And all the world wondered after him. So here we got God, Satan, setting himself up as God. And then uh, uh, he, he, he set up his, himself as God, and then he gave power to a beast, which was a false Christ. And he had a false resurrection. Watch what happened. His, his, his head was wounded unto death, and his deadly wound was healed. You got a fixed resurrection which the devil gave his power to him. Now, God gave his power. Jesus said, as I had given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as I had given him. So this devil came up out of the sea. And we're going to find that this sea uh, uh, was the sea of society. And, and so he gave his power unto this uh, beast. And this beast, claiming that I came down from heaven, see, and died, and then I was healed. So he got a fake resurrection. And then, in the Godhead, there's three. So in the 11th verse, you find another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. Now here's what he's saying here. That I came down from heaven, died, and then sent out my prophet by the Holy Spirit. This little beast here is a false prophet. And you find in the uh, 19th chapter of Revelation, in the 20th verse, John identified him and said the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him which deceived them that received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. So this beast is the false prophet coming up out of the earth. And I'll tell you, they're coming up out of the earth today. They're coming up out of earthly schools. They got earthly degrees. They got an earthly calling. Paul said that, that they mind earthly things, that God is in their belly and their glory is in their shame. And, and I'm just kind of skipping through this, but I, I kind of want to set this up a little bit, that, that you got the fake Christ. And, and here he is deceiving people 
this fake beast, he, 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 he had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke as a dragon. His speech betrayed him. You know, there are a lot of people in the world claiming to be Christ, but their speech will betray him if you listen to him. And then John saw the true lamb in the 14th chapter standing out on Mount Zion as a victor. He stood out on Mount Zion and, 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 and with him 144,000 having his father's name written in their forehead. Now you go back to the 7th chapter of Revelation, you'll find where there was sealed 144,000. Okay, now we go through all this tribulation and all of this uh, 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 fake beast and fake church and Christ still had 144,000. He didn't lose one of them, not one, when the tribulation was over. He stood out there as a victor on, uh, out on Mount Zion, as a victor out on Mount Zion. And, and these 144 had their fathers, this what the seal was, their father's name written in their forehead. Now, you're going to find, you never find in the scriptures where the devil ever put a seal on anybody. He put a mark on them, see? And, but he never put a seal on them. And the reason being is the seal not only identifies, but it also secures. And the devil can identify his servants, but he can't secure them. See, Christ put a seal on his because, because he identified, not only identified them, but, but they are secure. They secure by the blood of the Lamb. And then we got this 144,000 here uh, that uh, the Jehovah Witness talk about, the only one going to be in heaven. And there are questions about who this 144,000 is. But all we got to do is read. Read on down here to the fourth verse. It says, These are they that would not defile with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goes, they were redeemed from among men, being the first fruit under God and the Lamb. God required in the Old Testament that the first fruit of the crop would be his. See? And, and that first fruit only guaranteed a full harvest. See? So uh, that's who that 144,000 was. The Bible tells us who they are. And then down here in the sixth verse, John said he... So we, we see the, the false Christ. We see the true Lamb. And now we saw the false prophet. Now let's look at the true prophet. Here in the sixth verse, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel of preach to them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And watch what he was saying. Saying with a loud voice, fear God, and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains, of water. You know that sounds like an old Baptist preacher to me. Watch what he was preaching. Fear God and give glory to him. This false one over here was saying fear the beast and make an image to the beast. See, but the old Baptist, and we find in worldly religions today that, that preachers are trying to get the glory from God. See, they saying worship them and they're they building uh, monuments and all that. I don't mean to offend nobody. I just want to tell the truth. They're building monuments and, and to this one and to that one. But watch that old Baptist preacher, this angel that fly in the midst of heaven. See, this false Christ came up out of the earth. But here this, this true preacher, or this false prophet came up out of the earth. Here this tr true preacher got his message from heaven. He flew in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on earth. And he was saying, fear God. You know, one thing I like about old Baptist preachers is I look 
in the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation where they cast their crown at the feet of the Lamb and say, worthy is the Lamb. We're not worthy to wear this crown. We cast it uh, before him and said, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. And now we find that this, this, this true Christ. Now, we're going to find, and I want to get to where, where we are. I want to talk about this true church here, but but I, I, I first want you to see the see these two preachers here, two churches rose up, one imitation and one true church. Oh man, John looked out here on this aisle of Patmos, and I, at first I want to go to the 15th chapter where he found he saw the word a sea of glass, mingled with fire. Them had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name. Stand on that sea of glass, having the hearts of God. You know, I have people tell me, that's where they're going to prove they had uh, uh, music in the church, musical instruments. I told them, you know what? The old Baptist, if you got the harp of God, we don't find you blowing on it. You can blow on the harp of God all you want to. It's the harp of man what we don't want to have nothing to do with. You can blow on the harp of God. And then they were standing on this sea of glass, and, and it was mangled with fire. Now, we go back through... Uh, the book uh, of Corinthians and on back even to the Old Testament and I'm not going off through there but we find that, that the gospel was compared to a glass see Paul tells us that we see through a glass darkly but then we're going to see face to face now here they are standing on this sea of glass made with fire they were standing on that gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ overcame by the, that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and they were mingled with the Holy Ghost and then, and then we find uh, in this uh, 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 16th chapter, we find that this, this old, old beast here was trying to talk about the three in the Godhead. He said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Now we find that, that we had these two preachers here. We had the false prophet, and then we had the true prophet. Now we want to see the false church. And then we're going to take a look at the true church. In the 17th chapter of Revelation, John saw that God came one of the angels, which had the seven vials, talked with me, saying unto me, Come hide. I will show thee the judgment of the great hole that sitteth on many waters. And then he showed him a woman, clothed in purple, dressed up like the priesthood, clothed in purple, scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, and having a golden cup in her hand full of abomination and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her head was the name written, Mystery Babylon. Don't you know the Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. That's where the false religion came from. Mystery Babylon. This woman here, and I want you to notice here that this woman didn't have nothing God gave her. It didn't say that God gave her any of the clothes she was wearing. She just got them on her own. And I'm going to go back to Genesis and 10th chapter of Genesis, and we're going to find where that church come from. That Babylon, 10th, 11th chapter, I believe it is, Genesis. And we find that, that Nimrod got him a company here, and they said, let us go to and build us a city in a tower, and the top may reach unto heaven. See, that was a religion. A worldly religion started here. And I tell folks now that if they want to get to heaven, work, heaven by their works, Nimrod already tried that. He tried to build a, to a tower that reached all the way to heaven. Yeah, he said he didn't say nothing about laying no foundation or nothing. 
He just said, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach to heaven. And let us make us a name. That's what this world religion is about. Let us make us a name. Lest we be scattered abroad on the face of the earth. But you know, God came down and confused their language where they couldn't understand one another. And they had to leave off, leave off building. That's what I like about the old Baptist. We speak the same language. We talk about uh, God chose his people in Christ before the foundation of the world. Predestinated them uh, to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. According to the good pleasure of his own will. See, we speak the same language. But I tell you, we can build if you're speaking the same language. But if you're not speaking, if you you can't understand the language. And then God went down there and confused their language. And, and they couldn't build. They couldn't get to heaven by their own work. But God showed Jacob the true way to heaven. And I tell you, that ladder didn't start in, in the desert out there. See, Shinear, the land of Shinear, this was where Babylon was built. And after that, uh, God confused their language. They call it Babylon, and that means confusion. And I tell you, they confused today, church. They would be out in the desert. Shinear was out in the desert. That's where the land of Shinear, where they went, where they built that city. And I tell you that God showed Jacob the true ladder to heaven. And I tell you, it didn't start down there in the desert either. But old Jacob said he, he woke up and he saw a ladder. He dreamed, and he saw a ladder. The top started in heaven. That top reached to heaven and came all the way down where Jacob was. That was a true ladder. That's the only way that you can get there, is you've got to climb. You've got to come there. That ladder started in heaven. Our salvation started in heaven. It didn't start with me. And I tell you, brother, this old woman, this false church here, and then we find over here in the 18th chapter where God destroyed her. She was claiming to be the bride of Christ. Watch what she said. She said, I sit as a widow. I sit as a queen. In other words, I'm married to a king, and I have no widow. My husband's not dead, and I shall see no sorrow. But I tell you, that was what they said. But I tell you what God said, that she was going to have sorrow. All the sorrow that she put on, he said, how much she has glorified herself and lived it deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she has in her heart a sin of the queen and have no widow and shall see no sorrow. But he said, reward her even as she rewarded you. Double unto her according to her work. She was making the saint drunk. She was making people drunk off the wine of her fornication. And I tell you, people getting drunk off false doctrine now. You know, I, I had a little experience. I hate to admit it, but I had some experience with getting drunk. And I tell you, when you get drunk, you think everybody else is drunk. You don't think they try to tell you you're drunk. No, I'm not drunk. You're drunk. See? And that's the way it is with the world today. They think you're drunk. But I tell you, they drunk with false doctrine. And then we find that Babylon was destroyed. See, God knows his wife. He knows his bride. And he destroyed. So we had the imitation. It's gone now. And then after these things, we find, oh, John, I, I tell you, I want to read something over here. We find that in this uh, 17th chapter, in the 14th verse of this book of Revelation, he said, These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome him. For he is Lord of Lords and kings of kings. Now watch who was with him. And those that were with him are called, chosen, and faithful. That's the only one that was with him, what God chose. People don't believe in election and predestination. But I want to tell you, they're going to answer one day. And the last word that's going out, that's going to rain out from heaven, all of they whose names are not written in the Lamb Book of Life. 
They cast into the lake of fire. They go hear that doctor. They might hear it today, but they won't hear it. They, they may not want to hear it today, but I tell you, they go hear it. And we find God over here showing he got rid of them. He got rid of that false, that false church. And here he is, he showed them the true lamb. Oh, John said, I, after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. You know, I tell folks now, you might mark the old primitive Baptist now. And I tell you, you may put affliction on them. But I tell you, we're going to have the last laugh. They were, while they were, they were living deliciously and everything and marking the church and persecuting the church of God. But I tell you, now the saints of God is crying hallelujah. They're crying hallelujah. True and righteous are the judgment. He had judged the great host and they corrupt the earth with her fornication, having avenged the blood of his saints. And then he, and now I want you to see here the true church. God showed us the true church. He said, all right, you come and see my bride. Come and see the church. Then they, they began to sing in the heaven. All of them joined in singing that one song. And then he said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. That's the 19th chapter of Revelation. Now watch what happened. And it was granted unto her that she be arrayed in fine linen. Clean and white for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. You see, I, I want you to see here that this false, this imitation church, this woman was dressed up. God didn't give her anything. But I tell you, this old church here, he dressed up in fine linen. He put on, which is the righteousness of the saints. God supplied what that church needs. You know, I tell you, there's a sorry man that won't supply uh, him, uh, what his wife needs. And I tell you, God supplied the wedding dress that he, we are clothed up in the righteousness of the land. And then old John said, I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see, I do it not. I am the fellow brother. You know one thing about the true church and the true minister of a God refused to let this world worship him. He told them to worship God and give glory to him. And then we find over here that, that, that John looked and, 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 and so this uh, groom, uh, uh, he said, I fell at his feet to worship him. And then he said, I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse. And he that said on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the word of God. The armies which are in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen. And white and clean. And out of his mouth go the sharp two edged sword. Didn't Paul tell the Thessalonians that he will destroy them with the sword of his mouth? Here he is over here. The sword goes, sharp sword, that he shall smite the nation and shall rule them with the rod of iron. He treaded the fierceness of the wine, of the, of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Well, I tell you, he's our king. He was riding on a white horse. I, I tell people, I hear people telling me sometimes that, you know, we got to wake up after a thousand years and we got to fight another battle. We got to fight the battle of Armageddon. But I want to tell you, that battle has already been fought. When I, when I leave this world, I ain't waking up. My battling days are going to be over. No man, John. No man, John. And I'll tell you another thing. Even if I did, not one saint raised a hand in that battle. I tell you, they rode on white horses behind him, but Jesus fought that battle. I tell you, that battle has already, that victory has already been won. Then we find, oh, John here, he tells him, 
over here that there will be no more sea. And there the earth and, and, and the earth fled away from him who sat on the throne. And then said we're gonna be no more sea. See, you've been you've been uh, harassed by a big beast coming up up out of the sea. But I tell you, you ain't gonna worry about another beast coming up because there ain't gonna be no more sea. And I tell you, ain't gonna be nowhere. They're not gonna have any place to stand. He stood on the sand of the sea, but he's not gonna have any stand because the earth is gonna play away. And I tell you, I saw a new John said I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So the first one passed away and there was no more sea. And then he said, I saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a bride for a husband. Now I want you, I, 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 the Lord didn't bless my wife and I to have any children. But I, I know some of you have no doubt walked down the aisle with your daughters to present them to their husband. I know it must be a good feeling. Well, here we find God coming down. Oh, John said, I saw another I heard another voice and said there that behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and shall be their God and God gonna wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. The former thing are passed away. He said behold I make all things new. God, can't you see God coming down with that bride? He saw that holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down, and God marching her down the aisle to present her to his bride, to her groom. And I'll tell you, he walked on down there, and old man John said, God promised to furnish everything for the old church. I'm talking about the true church. I want you to see the church that God called the church. He furnished it. Watch what he said. He said unto him, it is done, I'm Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give. Watch what God said. I will give unto him that is thirst of the fountain of the water fleet, of the water of life freely. He promised her two things. Those that thirst, he would give them the water of, a, of, a, of, a, of life freely. And that them that overcome, he was going to give them an inheritance. They shall inherit all things. Oh, I tell you, we got a good God. God punishes the old church. I tell you, when you want to find the true church of God, you find a church that got on what God put in, not what man put in. God, God dressed up his own wife, dressed her up. And you know, when the bride, when you get ready to get married, you can't see the bride until she gets dressed up. You know, the bride back there in the room somewhere with the grim groom cannot see the bride until she got get dressed up. And I tell you, this old bride got dressed up here, and God marched down. That I will. And I tell you, John uh, cried out, said, said that, that, that John said that there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, vials full of the seven last plagues, talk with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Now I want you to notice the, the, uh, that old fake church over there. He carried him out in a wilderness and showed him. But I tell you, the Lord's house established in the top of the mountain. He carried John up on a mountain and said, I'm going to show you the bride. I'm going to show you the church. The old church was set up on Mount Zion. I'll tell you, God built that church up there. John saw holy that great city, part of Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. He saw that bride coming down the aisle. And I'll tell you, I'm glad to see God dressed up, all ready to get married. i tell you, this marriage was planned way back there before the foundation of the world. God purposed this marriage. Then we find old man John over here, and I, I, I'm kind of moving around here. But old man John over here, we find that the gates of that city were not shut at all by day. And you know, 
That's an amazing thing. You just read that. Now watch what he said was outside the gate. He said there was murderers, homongers, idolatries, and all of that. I've locked my door. But I tell you, we were so secure in that new city until he told them, don't check the gate. They can't get in here anyway. Well, I tell you, oh man, John, oh man, John, just leave the gates open. And there were three gates in the east, three in the north, three in the south, and three in the west. There ain't no back door to heaven. I tell folks sometimes, you know, in every gate, there was, every individual gate was a gate of pearl. See, in order to enter into that city, you had to go through a gate of pearl. You couldn't get into the city except going by a pearl. That's that great pearl of great price that old man John, that Matthew talked about. That, that pearl of great price. And you can't get into the city except you go by that pearl. I tell you, there is no other way. Jesus said, I am the way. And no man can come to the Father except he come by me. And then we find here, he said that the gates shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. They shall bring the glory and honor of the nations in it. There shall in no wise any intend that defile it, neither whatsoever work the abomination or make it alive. But they which are written in the Lamb Book of Life. That's why the old Baptists believe that God wrote our name in the Lamb Book of Life before the foundation of the world. And I tell you, we believe that no man got an eraser that was erased somehow. When God wrote them there, and then not only did he write them there, but he engraved them on the palm of his hand. And I tell folks sometimes, you know, there's three ways that you can get in a family in the world. You got to be born in it. You can be adopted in it, or you got to be married in it. And I tell you, God brought us in that family all three ways. So ain't no question who I belong to. We in the family of God. And then we find that that old man John, he showed him a pure river of the water of life. See, God had promised her that he was going to give her the water of life freely. John saw this pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal. And it was proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on the either side of the river, there was a tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit, yielding her fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. And watch what John says here. He said, there shall be no more curse. The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in, and his servants shall serve him. Now watch what happened here. See, we got in trouble by a tree. Oh, Adam got in trouble by eating of a tree back in the Garden of Eden. But I tell you, this tree, he said, it's all right to eat of it. There ain't going to be no more curse. It's all right to eat of this tree. And then I used to think that, that, that there were three people standing there, one on this side of the river, one on that side, and one in the midst. But I tell you, there was a one man standing in three places. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. He stood on the other side of the river. Then he came down here and tarried in the midst of the river for 33 years. And I tell you, when you get over there, he's standing over there and said, wherever you are, Jesus is standing there. You ain't got to worry about it. Then I, I, I'm going to get on down here and close out here. But I, I tell you, he, he let, let him know that, that there's not any question about where this letter come from. He said, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning stuff. You know, he asked the Pharisees a question one time. They asked, he asked them, say, who, what think he of Christ and whose son is he? And they told him, say, he David's son. He said, well, if, 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 if David called him Lord, how in the world is he David's son? And they couldn't answer. But I tell you, Jesus let him know right now that I am both the root and the offspring of David. Oh, when that root looked like it had dried up, 
Well, Isaiah looked at it in the 11th chapter of Isaiah and said, A root, a rod shall come forth from the stem of Jesse, and a root shall grow out of his root. He saw a fruitful branch growing out of that root. And then we find uh, here, this one is everybody talk about. The Bible says they want to knock the old Baptist down on election and predestination. They say the Bible says, whosoever will, let him come. And last time a man told me that, I told him to get his Bible and read it to me, because I ain't never read it. You watch what it says here. It says, in the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life free. Now, I want to tell you, there's some whosoever's couldn't get in this city. You have to see how they're going to drink of this fountain. Watch here. In the, in the, back to the 21st chapter, it said, Whosoever was not found in the written, in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. They couldn't get into that city. Then he said over here that whosoever, whosoever uh, fought without a dogs and sorcerers and homemongers and murders and idolaters, and whosoever loveth that maketh a lie. There was some whosoever couldn't get into that city. But I tell you, he, he didn't, watch what he did here. Let's go back here. I want you uh, to see this, and then we're going to close out. In the fifth, fifth chapter of Isaiah, God ain't never said, whosoever will come to that fountain. He said, ho, ho, him that is thirsty, come to the fountain. Him that have no money. Look at the seventh chapter of, of, uh, of uh, St. John. I believe he told him on the great day of the feast, Jesus cried out and said, whosoever thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And then over here in the 21st chapter of Revelation, he said, I'll give to them that are thirst. And then in the 22nd chapter of Revelation, he said, uh, uh, let him that is thirst come. That's the only one that Jesus ever told to come. He told those that are thirsty to come. And I tell you, it's just like a natural water. You get thirsty, and then the thirst moves your will. And you go and drink, take a drink of water. And I tell you, church, after a while, it's all going to be over. We started two church. You know, Baptists didn't make up elect election. Predestination in election. God gave that doctrine to the church. God gave it to it. Jesus said, All that for the Father give me shall come unto me. And they that come, I don't know why I cast them out. And I'll raise them up again in the last day. Oh, Baptists didn't make up election. God preached the election. You know that God preached the first four sermons on election. You go back to the four, back to the Old Testament and you find that word elect four times. And every time God preached the sermon. Said, Behold my servant in whom I uphold, my servant in whom I delight. And then in the 40, he, 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 the first four sermons that were preached in the Old Testament, then Jesus preached four sermons on elect. And then 14 times we find in the New Testament where, where God's people are referred to elect. If God preached about it, if Jesus preached about it, we ought to preach about it. <laughs> and God chose his people in Christ before the foundation of the world. They said God would have been unfair. But you know those same people that tell you God would have been unfair would tell you God chose Israel. Well, they had a whole lot of people who weren't Israelites. How could God be fair in choosing Israel and not be fair in choosing his own people? But God was not dealing in justice in election. God was dealing in mercy. I tell you, if it hadn't been for an election, election, all of us would be hell bound. And then folks want to tell you, say, God love everybody. You know, I hear that all the time. Over television. God love everybody. Ain't a scripture in the Bible that says God love everybody. Those same people will tell you that there are people in hell. Well, if God love everybody and some in hell, where is your security? How you know he ain't gonna send you that? But I tell you, God love those that he loves. I tell you he loves with an everlasting love. 
And I tell you, you ain't going to lose your eternal salvation. But I tell you, the old church is a darning grace. The old Baptists, they say, well, you know, the old Baptists believe once in Christ, never out. The guy asked me that one day. I said, yeah, I believe that. We didn't get that. We didn't, old Baptists didn't dream that up. God gave her that job. He said, he said that, that I know my sheep and they know me. I've given them eternal life and they shall never perish. I tell you, if you, if you, if you can go on the other side of never, I don't know what that is. That means, I don't know what never means. I don't know what, but I know what never means. It means it ain't gonna happen. That's what it means. I tell you, God got the old church dressed up, dressed up in a doctrine. And we didn't dream of predestination. Paul said, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his birth, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. You know, I was raised up, I'm going to close out now. I was raised up down here in Louisiana on a farm, and I hated that farm, and I still do. <laughs> and I'm glad I got off of it. But we used to plant corn. And it always amazed me when I was growing up. We planted a little grain of corn in the ground. And then when it come up, it didn't look nothing like what we planted. But I tell you, we harvest that corn and cultivated it. And at harvest time, it looked just like what we planted. I tell you, that's the way it's going to be. We, were, we may not look like Christ. John said that it does not yet appear how we're going to be. But I tell you, when he appears, we're going to be like him. Because we're going to see him face to face. We were predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. And I tell you, there were some things stood in our way. But he said whom he foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many, among many brothers. Moreover, whom he predestinated, he also called. And them that he called, he justified. And them that he justified, he also glorified. I tell you, the guilt was moved in justification. And I tell you, the corruption was broken in the holy cause. And ain't nothing stand between us and heaven bright glory. I hear people saying sometimes, you know, we might have a different opinion on this one. They say we're not glorified yet. Paul was so sure that we were glorified that he spoke of it as it's already done. I believe what Paul was talking about, it was already done. We were, Paul was talking about what we have in Christ Jesus. I tell you, we were glorified in Christ. I used to like to watch football. And it always amazed me that one, one man carried the ball across the goal line and the whole team got credit for the points. And when they crossed the goal line, they didn't get any more points. They just rejoiced with the one that scored the point. I tell you, they were struggling. Sometimes they were getting knocked down and they get up and keep on running because they had their eyes on the one that, that had the ball. I tell you, Jesus had already carried that ball over the, over the finish line. We are struggling down here. Sometimes we cast down, but not destroyed. Sometimes persecuted, but not forsaken. But I tell you, we just get up and keep on running because our eyes is on the one that got the ball. And some of these days, church, we're going to be manifestly glorified with him. God bless you and God keep it. I hope that you know when you see the church, if you're looking for a church right now, you look at one dressed up like the Bible says she was dressed up. Look at one that got what God gave. That's why we don't have old musical instruments in here because God didn't give it to the church. I'm gonna go one more place. I think I'm trying to I'm trying to get out of this.
I want to go one more place. Over here in the 12th chapter of Hebrews. We find old Paul, they asked me why we don't have any musical instruments in the church. I take them right here. I said, you don't have to go look up a whole bunch of words and write a whole bunch of, write up a whole bunch of papers. You just go right here to the Bible. Paul said in that 12th chapter, 26th verse, he said that, that whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I shake not heaven only, but also, uh, not earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signified the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made. In other words, everything connected with that Old Testament was made. But I tell you, God moved it. There wasn't nothing. If you could give me an instrument that you can't move, then I would say, let's go back and set play on that music. But I tell you, all those things that were moved, God made them. God, that David made those instruments, and God shook the earth, and he moved them. He moved the pianos right out that back door. <laughs> and I tell you, if you got a house and you move, you move your furniture outside, and you feel like you done used it up, I don't have no right to bring it back in. God bless you. <laughs> Praise the Lord.